good to see you, man. Oh, it's been fun watching football. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, secondly, we're gonna dive right in. This is sort of the Khalil Mack emergency trade podcast <laughs> because that's all we've talked about all weekend long while we've been doing CBS Sports HQ hits. And if you want to watch CBS Sports HQ, you can go to cbssports.com backslash live and watch it. It is uh, no nonsense sports coverage, highlights, breakdowns, fantasy, gambling, everything you need to know. Don't do your fantasy draft without watching CBS Sports HQ. And don't do your fantasy draft. If you're doing your fantasy draft on Labor Day, make sure and check out CBS Sports HQ's live fantasy marathon. We're going to raise some money for charity. We're doing a telethon. I'm going to be wearing a white dinner jacket and tuxedo. You'll be you'll be here, right? Well, actually, I'll be in Tallahassee. Oh, that's right. You're yeah. going to see Peter Warwick get uh, honored at Florida State. Yes, sir. And uh, Florida State playing, of course, Virginia Tech in a, a big ACC Week 1 battle. But back to the Cleo Mack thing. And by the way, you can follow Bryant on Twitter at BMAC underscore Sports Talk. You can follow myself at Will Brinson. You can follow the podcast at Pick 6 Pod. Make sure to rate and review. And um, when we look at the Cleo Mack deal, he was dealt to the Bears from the Raiders for two first-round picks. The Bears are also getting a 2020 second round pick back. Mm-hmm. And, and the Raiders also get a third. That's right. 2020 third, third round pick yep. back. I mean, look, we're going we're gonna to cover the same things we've had talking points wise all weekend. So it feels a little redundant, but I think it's kind of a win-win trade, BMAC, in the sense that the Raiders, as you've noted, couldn't afford him, needed to be able to clear up some salary cap space. They did just that. They're going to have $23 million. They're not paying Khalil Mack. And by the way, Cleo Mack got $141 million uh, with $90 million, $95 million, or maybe $60 million, $65 million fully guaranteed. You got 60 to sign, 90 fully. I mean, 60 to sign, 90 guaranteed. Yeah, that's yep. good. That's good. That's pretty good. Money. Good cash if you can get it, right. <laughs> uh, highest paid defensive contract in NFL history. Yes, sir. I don't like it from the Raiders' perspective because they're waving a white flag and they're giving up a blue chip player, a guy who's a defensive player of the year on, a, on his rookie deal. Hall of Fame career path, you know, if everything goes right. But I do like the fact that they got two first round picks back. Yeah, and also too from the organization standpoint, right? You have to really applaud the Raiders for giving Khalil what he was looking for, which is a deal. Right. They could not afford to pay Khalil and they could have sat on Khalil's rookie contract and just waited him out. Because technically they had the rights uh, uh, to Khalil for this season, and they could have franchised him next year. And the year after that. And the they, year they, after they that. They could have kept him for, three, for years three years and played hardball. Exactly. Similar to what we saw the Redskins do with Kirk Cousins, similar mm. to what Le'Veon Bell is going through currently right now. So I understand a lot of people are like, what are the Raiders doing? Because this he, he's a once-in-a-lifetime type of talent. We know that. But if you can't give him what he was looking for, which is north of $140 million, if you can't give him that this season, you can't give him that next season, then the best thing for you to do was trade him. Yeah. So I think it worked out for both parties involved for as far as the, the Bears and the Raiders. The Raiders got two first-round picks. Oh, by the way, in that NFC North, that could be a high-round pick for 2019. That could yeah. be a top 10 selection. You don't know what it would be in 2020. Then you get a third rounder also. And then for the Chicago Bears standpoint, when you look at their uh, look at it from their perspective, you get a once in a lifetime player in Khalil Mack. You add to an already talented defense. And if you're trying to compete in the NFC North playing against Aaron Rodgers twice a year, Kirk Cousins twice a year, Matthew Stafford twice a, twice a year, 
you better find a way to rush the passer. Yeah, no doubt about it. And look, the thing with Khalil Mack and the money that people don't understand, Khalil Mack was not taking one cent less no, than what Aaron no, Donald got. No, I think he was prepared to sit out the entire year or at least half, right? He's going he's to sit out whatever he needs to sit. He's going he's to play the minimum number of games that he would have played to get to accrue his a season. Year. And then those games that he played, he was not going to show up and and give it his all. Yeah. Like if you're showing up midway through the season, like Vincent Jackson um, and Logan Mankins did back mm-hmm. under the old CBA, you're going to do that, and you're going to you're going to half a it. I mean, like you're not going to give it your all. Worth noting. So Joel Siegel is his agent, right? And yep. he's already gotten this deal that surpassed Aaron Donald. But Joel Siegel also did the Justin Houston deal when Justin Houston mm-hmm. got more money than J.J. Watt, and he also did the Patrick Peterson deal when Patrick Peterson got yep. more than Richard Sherman. So if you're if you're if you're Joel Siegel's client and you consider yourself the best at your position, you will get the best. He's going to hammer it out, and, yeah. the, and the Bears paid him. I've actually seen a lot of people bashing the Bears for this move on social media and you know, sort of in the NFL writer sphere or whatever it is. The, the the idea being they gave up two first round picks and then had to pay him all that money, and they're like you said, there's a risk. It could be a top ten pick. Yeah, you, I mean, like <laughs> no what, question. Like the Bears could have a good year and go seven and nine. Exactly. They could have a good year, go seven and nine, go six and ten, and they're right there in the top ten as far as selecting for next season because it's a difficult, difficult division. But you have to like the the Bears under a new coaching coaching regime there, the staff being ag- aggressive. Yeah. Seeing a need, addressing a need. And like I said, if you haven't watched Chicago from what I saw a year ago, watch them. Talented defense. They were in the, I was, they were in the top ten. Uh, as far as points, yards allowed, uh, they have some y- nice young stars. And now you add Khalil Mack, who, oh, by the way, way will help everybody else on that front. Yeah. Leonard Floyd needs to be jumping for joy. Leonard you know? Floyd, is a, as, a, as a second option as a pass rusher, yes. is a stud. Eddie Goldman. I mean, Hicks. I mean, uh, Bullard. I mean, Danny Trevathan. I mean, Roquan. Yep. I mean. How many of those guys are going to see double teams now? None of them. Right. The boogie man will get all the the double teams and Khalil Mack. Yeah. Yeah. What chance do you give the Bears of actually making the playoffs or winning the division? It's a slim chance. I don't like their chances to win the division at all. Right. At least two legitimate other options as far as the Packers and Kirk Cousins, the, the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah. But we've seen before. We've seen a year ago, by the way. One division had three teams make the playoffs. So it can be done. It can be done. And a year ago, that South, the NFC South, was the most competitive division in all of football. And right now, based on what we see as far as the rosters and the moves. You think Khalil Mack makes the North better than the South? Yes. I think the North was already better than the South. Really? Yes. I don't know. We don't know what Tampa will get. Okay, let's do it like this. You go head-to-head. Process uh, 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 by elimination, right? Tampa is the worst team in the South. Yeah. The worst team in the North maybe is Chicago. All right, let's do Even I would, I would have Chicago than Tampa. I would too. Yeah. All right. Then let's go with the best team in the North going against the best team in the South. The best team in the South right now would be either Atlanta or New, or Orleans. New Orleans. Would you rather have Atlanta and New Orleans or Green Bay and Minnesota? I'd rather have Minnesota Green Bay mm. against either Atlanta, New Orleans, it's New close. Orleans, and Atlanta. Be, all, the, all four matchups would be good games. Yeah. But I think – the North number one team is better than the South number one team because of that defense. The Vikings. You think yes. the Vikings? Okay, all right, that's fine. And the Vikings are the favorite, and yeah. the, the Saints are the favorite. And I mean, the Vikings, 
flat out beat the Saints last year, and they're basically the same teams. And me personally, whoever the second best team in the is in the South, I'm taking Aaron Rodgers. Mm, that's fair. I think the the Falcons, it's, a, it's a good argument, but it's hard to say Matt Ryan, a Matt Ryan led team, would beat. Aaron, Rod- Aaron Rodgers. Do you remember that playoff game? Like, it's like the best game of Aaron Rodgers' life. Yes. In the in the in the old Superdome. Yeah. Or, I mean, not the Superdome. The old uh, Georgia Dome. Georgia Dome. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he's like, you just it's hard to bet against Aaron Rodgers in that situation yeah. where it's one game. And then Detroit. And the pay. I would take Cam- the Panthers over Detroit. And the issue I have with Carolina is they have so many injuries on the offensive line. Offensive line's a problem. Yeah. No that's doubt a about problem. it. That's a problem. But I think that's a quality. That would be a quality matchup. Yeah. Uh, okay. All right. I can buy into that. I think the, the other comparison that's worthy of making from last year division wise is the NFC West, because we came into the year thinking, all right, you know, the Cardinals are probably going to compete for the title. The Seahawks are still the favorite and the Rams look kind of interesting, but they're probably a year away from making noise. And the Rams steamrolled everybody steamrolled in that division. Everybody. Cardinals stunk and the Seahawks ended up missing the playoffs. Yep. Is there any chance that I, I don't think the NFC North could be like that, but the Bears are trying to copy the Rams formula and the Eagles formula. And that's why I like about the Khalil Mack deal, not only just trading for him, but also paying him because you have a, a second year quarterback who's under his rookie deal on his rookie contract. Yep. And that's what we've seen. This is the new NFL mm-hmm. It's when you have a, a, you have a high drafted quarterback yep. on a rookie deal that you believe can be a franchise quarterback. You have to shove all in on a short three to four year window where you're not paying that guy a lot of money. That's what we saw with the Rams. And paying the Eagles. Todd Gurley, uh, paying Aaron Donald, Sue, you know, Havenstein, all the guys they paid, they're able to do Trading so for Marcus you Peters. Have, Trading for a keep to lead. Yeah, you don't have half more than half of the money tied up at the quarterback position. Because when you have these young quarterbacks, you need to find a way to compete for championships and pay other guys while you can before they hit that mega deal. Yeah, no, I mean, and look, the Bears now have a – they have a, a quarterback they believe is a franchise quarterback under a non-John Fox offense, which yep. is what you want. <laughs> they, have, I mean, it is like Jeff Fisher. They have Tariq Cohen and Jordan Howard mm-hmm. at running back, a nice mm-hmm. little tandem, not Todd Gurley, but a nice tandem. They have Allen Robinson, Robinson Trey, Trey, Trey Burton. Trey Burton. If you can get anything from White. Oh, God. If Kevin White gives you – if he shows Any, up with a ham sandwich in the week one, then you take it. Anything from yeah. him. You have the speed demon in the slot and Taylor Gabriel. Yep. So they have some nice pieces. I mean, nice pieces in that offensive line. Pretty good offensive line. Pretty good offensive line also. And Matt Nagy now being the new head man there. You saw how he used Alex Smith, Mm -hmm. Kareem Hunt, Tariq Hill. I mean, Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey. And I understand Andy Reid always has his input as far as offensive philosophy and calling plays. But Nagy did some good things, especially in the red zone. So it's going to be it's going to be intriguing to see how everything unfolds. I I do like how. Oh no, go ahead, go ahead. But week one. Mm. In in Green Bay. Yes. Seven and a half point underdogs. Yes. Yes. So it's almost like, Khalil, you missed the entire count, but you're playing week one. <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah. It's time up. to introduce yourself to Aaron Rodgers. So we, we get a chance to really see, to see listeners what Chicago has week one. We This whole Bears yeah. hype train could get just be thrown right off the tracks if they go into Lambeau and get, and get blasted by the Packers. You know what? I don't think they will. I don't think they... They, they play Chicago... They play, play Green Bay tough Jake Cutler went in there and won two, yeah, two yeah, years they, ago. They played Green Bay a year ago, if I'm not mistaken. Pretty tough. Of mm-hmm. course, Green Bay won the ball game, but they competed. So, and me personally, as a former player and as a fan of the game now, week one is the week of unknowns. Yep. If you're going to see an upset, this is when you will see one. Early in the year. What do you think, as a former player, if you were 
I'm trying to think of a comp here because they wouldn't trade the Troy. Like you guys wouldn't, the Steelers wouldn't have traded Troy Polamalu. But like, what? All right, what? What? what Maybe trading like right when Lamar Woodley was coming into his own, mm. trading a guy like Lamar. And they're like, we can get two first for Lamar Woodley. We're gonna send him away. And you're like, we thought we were competing this year. What? Does it send a message to the locker room that this is not the year to compete? Not necessarily, because as a player, especially a vet, you understand the business side of things and knowing that we knew Khalil Mack was not going to settle for anything less than what Aaron Donald got right and you saw how listeners it is not a coincidence that Khalil got traded a day after Aaron Donald signed his deal no not at all it's not a coincidence he was waiting Joel Siegel his staff they were waiting to see and allow Aaron Donald to set the market and when he did bam this is what we want so then the Raiders were in a situation of knowing this is what Khalil Mack is looking to get. He is deserving of everything. We can't do it. Right. There's no way in the world we can't do. But what we can do, we can find a suitor that will give us what we're looking for and also give you, Khalil, what you're looking for. And that's what we saw. Interesting to note uh, division odds. The Bears are now plus 550. Those, those odds were – they're still the, the worst team in terms of that division to win it. That I don't actually mind plus 550 for the Bears – uh, you have the Raiders are plus 260. That's terrible odds. Do not take that. The Broncos are better at 325, and the Chiefs are 250. Um, I think it helps the playoff chances of those those other teams. The, the problem I have with Oakland is it's not like they're punting on the season, mm-hmm. but it does feel like John Gruden is saying, I'm more interested in trying to make this team good when we get to Vegas. You know what? Me personally, I think also he believes that they're okay without Khalil Mack. And he believes if they had Khalil Mack this year, winning the Super Bowl, you still have the same odds with wasn't or without the, him. Yeah, wasn't on the table. Yeah. They're, now, they're over-under, interestingly, moved from eight wins down to seven and a half, and it's juice. So it's if you want to bet on their under, it's minus 155, which yeah. means you got to bet 155 to get 100. That is expensive. It was I got it in Vegas. I took their under at eight at even money. Um, the Bears jumped all the way up. From, oh, they're still they're over six and a half, but it's minus two twenty five, and it's jumped up to seven or seven mm-hmm. and a half in some places, which is a crazy leap crazy. with just one player. Yeah, I actually think the Bears are a nice little value play on the under if you can get good odds on it, because like we said, they look they might break out, mm-hmm. but they also might struggle and lose four games against the Packers and the, and the Vikings. And also too, if you're a Raiders fan or part of that organization, you're hoping the Bears struggle. Yeah, because if the if the Bears struggle and you get a top ten pick and yeah. you parlay it into a quality pass rusher again, like best case scenario, that pass rusher becomes Khalil Mack. Mm-hmm. But if you get a stud pass rusher in this draft with a top ten pick based on what you traded Khalil Mack for, and it eventually and you get him on a rookie deal, and then you can add another quality player, then all of a sudden you've got a pretty good situation where you've got quality players coming into the 2019 season or 2020 season, and you feel like you can make a move as you get to Vegas. And maybe you feel like this isn't the year anyway where you were going to win. John Gruden's changing that roster over completely. One of of the big plays he made, too, worth noting, Martavis Bryant was cut. cut. This is impossible to understand because, BMAC, they traded the 79th overall pick for this guy in the middle of the first round of the 2018 NFL draft. They give up a third-round pick for Martavis Bryant and then cut him mere months later. What does that say about 
not only Martavis Bryant and the concerns because there's a pending potential suspension for him, but what does it say about John Gruden's ability to evaluate draft picks and his ability to evaluate personnel? Seems to be a bit rusty. Mm. Right? I think so because, and no knock there, he's been away from the game for such a long time. So jumping right into the seat, making personnel moves, especially during the draft, is risky when you've been away for such a long time. And also, too, I feel like he has to have people in place that can give their opinions and he also take heed to what they're saying. Because if I was in that war room with John Gruden, being a part of the staff, maybe a GM, maybe an assistant, we also have to take in consideration Martavis, granted 2017, he's been squeaky clean, but he has a history mm-hmm. of having issues away from the football field. So do you really want to risk a third rounder who, oh, by the way, could be a starter Yeah, throughout his rookie deal do you want to risk a third-round draft pick for a guy that we question his accountability? Just to put this in perspective, some of the guys who were taken around that range, right? So uh, Oakland actually ended up – Pittsburgh ended up trading it and moving up to 76 to get Mason Rudolph. Mm-hmm. But at, uh, at 78 overall was Malik Jackson, a very good linebacker out of Texas. At 81 overall, two picks after the pick they traded for, Michael Gallup, wow. who could be the starting starting number one wide receiver for the Cowboys. And you know what? You would rather have Gallup than Martavis now. 100%. 100%. Michael Gallup, I mean, like, like Michael Gallup's going to be drafted ahead in fantasy drafts over, over, uh, over Martavis Bryant. And if John Gruden called the Cowboys, I mean, he doesn't have him anymore to trade. Even a month ago, if he'd called the Cowboys and be like, I'll give you more Tavis for Gallup, they're like, no way, dude. Exactly. We're, exactly. Not, we're not doing that. Um, and also, they, and oh, also no, too, look at some of the other moves. Acquiring Doug Martin. Yeah. you know, Jordy so. Nelson, who's – I love Jordy Nelson, yeah. but he's 33 and he's got an ACL in the past three years. Yeah, so it seems to be a bit rust, uh, rusty, So, but we wait and see. I mean, they got a, a heavy a heavy hitter week one also. You know, against the Rams. So we'll get a chance to see what kind of ball club it's they that, have. It's that weird late Monday night football game. Yeah, yeah, the second one. Yeah. So my thing is that I don't get what John Gruden's doing here. And if you read the quotes from Reggie McKenzie, he said that the Khalil Mack stuff got hot and heavy or heavy hitting or mm-hmm. whatever it was. He basically intimated that he didn't want to trade Khalil Mack. But about once the, the offer started rolling in, John Gruden said, we are trading Khalil Mack. Yeah. I don't understand why John Gruden is muscling Reggie McKenzie out instead of trying to work with Reggie McKenzie, yeah. who has shown a good ability to draft players. I mean, in one draft, he got Khalil Mack and Derek Carr. He landed Amari and, Cooper the next year. And Reggie had a special place in his heart for Khalil because that was his draft. Yeah. That was arguably the best draft we've seen under Reggie McKenzie's oh, no, no, era. No, no. Easily, down. easily. And one of the top drafts we've seen from the Raiders in a long, long time. Remember, they were just dropping the ball on high-round draft picks for such a long time. And then one draft, you get Khalil Mack. Uh, you get a um, with Carr. Uh, Gabe Jackson was Gabe a fourth-round pick. Yep. Yeah. Amari wasn't in that draft, right? No, Amari was 2015. So yeah. here's the draft for the, for the Raiders in 2014. Khalil Mack, Derek, Derek Carr, Carr Gabe, Gabe Jackson in the third, Justin Ellis, Keith McGill, TJ Carey, Shelby Harris, Jonathan Dowling. I mean, you get three starters in one draft. Yeah, that's huge. And one defensive player of the year that's and your plus. franchise quarterback. Yeah. That's a slam dunk. Slam dunk. Yeah. And now you hear like Amari Cooper, of course, the 2015 first round pick. Mario Edwards, the second round pick in that draft. They're shopping him. Uh, Clive Walford, the tight end. I mean, like the, he had two good drafts back to back. 
And now it looks like it just all might evaporate Rumble. into thin air because John Gruden wants to reboot the whole franchise. Yeah, and also, too, you got to look at John. Look at it from John Gruden's perspective. These are not my players. I didn't scout these guys, right? So he has no tides to them. Exactly. You know, so he's coming in and he's kind of changing the guard a little bit. Do you worry? I mean, and then like you look at some other stuff, too. So they traded for Ryan Switzer from the Cowboys. And then and then trade him. To and Pittsburgh. then traded it right to Pittsburgh. I mean, it's almost like there's no plan with the Raiders. No plan. Because you can't trade a you can't get, sign a guy and then trade him months into his tenure there with your team. So, like I said, he's a bit rusty, and I think he needs to allow McKenzie to have a little more say so than what he currently has. Uh, let's run around the league very quickly, and we'll look at some of the other big cuts. Brashad Perryman cut by the Ravens. RG three kept. Um, see, to me, the Perryman cut is a good example of a team saying, okay. And it, I'm not giving him credit because it's the Ravens, but I mean, they tried to make Perryman work and it didn't work out. He was a former first round pick and they're moving on from him instead of force feeding him into reps because they now have John Brown and Michael Crabtree and Willie Sneed, who they think can help them out. And they're saying, look, Perryman's not going to work out. Let's get rid of him. He's got too many injury histories. And I would rather have RG3 as that backup and that third pick who you might get um, a uh, you might get a. Um, yeah, you might get you might get like a draft pick from him instead of going with Prashad Perryman. I agree. I think they're keeping RG three because they're not confident in Lamar Jackson based on what he did throughout the preseason. We saw some good things. We saw a lot of bad things. First and foremost, I don't think he is as comfortable in the pocket than for, for what they would want him to be. And I think if something was to happen to Joe Flacco, they much rather have RG three a guy that has experience and he's finally healthy and did not look bad in the preseason. He actually he actually outplayed Lamar Jackson throughout the preseason. I think they would much rather have RG3 step in to be the starting quarterback if something happens to the starter, Joe Flacco. And it makes sense. I like that you are producing this podcast in in mid-show. You texted me. I, I, like, to, <laughs> I like to give like listeners a, a peek behind the curtain, but you're right. Earl Thomas not traded, yep. a, a, a big thing for the Seahawks. And what's interesting about Earl Thomas is I, when you texted me, I was worried that he had been traded. While, <laughs> while, and like I wasn't watching it. I had a mild heart attack, but that's okay. He had not traded by the Seahawks, and he's still holding out. And do you think that the Khalil Mack deal is going to make it more difficult for the Seahawks to get what, or for for other teams to get Earl Thomas on the cheap, not necessarily because Earl Thomas is still a good player, but he's not in that tier with Khalil Mack and, and older, Aaron Donald. And, he's thirty, and Aaron Donald. Yeah. But I think now, knowing there are more resources available from Seattle, hey Oakland, you got two first rounders. Mm. Uh, I know you're not going to give us a first rounder for Earl, but what about a second rounder? What about that Bears third rounder you got in 2020? I don't think Seattle wants a third rounder. Because if they, if they if they were willing to take a third rounder, Earl would probably be in Dallas right now. You think so? I think so. Hmm. I think they want at least a second rounder. So if I'm if I'm Seattle, I mean, because they need some secondary help there in Oakland. I don't want one of your first rounders. If you want to give me one, I'm not going to say no to that. But what about that second rounder in 2019? Because you got two first rounders now. You got resources to move back or to acquire more picks if you would like to. If you don't have a second rounder in 2019. Do you think that the Seahawks are wise to play chicken with Earl Thomas like this? I mean, I feel like they are not willing to give him a new deal, but they feel like you have to you have to fulfill your requirements. You're still under contract, and you can't just muscle us into forcing you to give you a deal. And we're not going to trade you for nothing. 
I mean, we're not going to have a Boogie Cousins type deal go on where the Sacramento Kings traded Boogie to the Pelicans for anything. Right. So they're going to get something in return that they're happy with, similar to what the Raiders did with Khalil. It took a deal that the Raiders couldn't say no to trade Khalil. It's going to have to be the same thing unless they lower their asking price. And I don't know if they're going to do so because if, if they would have done that, they would have done it already before you know, preseason sure. ended, in my opinion. And you can kind of you can kind of see how the defense looks early on. And if the defense plays well and the Seahawks are better than people expect, then you sort of have the ability to say, all right, look, Earl, we don't have to have you. Yep. And you can move him at the trade deadline to someone who might be needy. Or worst case scenario is he leaves in free agency. You get a comp pick. I mean, if he doesn't show up, he's not going to leave in free agency, right? I mean, and, like, yeah, you know? I mean, he's, he's still getting fined. Yeah. The bigger question is for Earl, when does it stop? Are you planning on not showing up this week? Right? How many weeks is. are you planning on missing? I mean, he's missed the entire, the entire, uh, 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 off season, off season, training preseason. Yeah, preseason. So now yeah. it's like, man, yep. When do you come in? Or are you pulling, planning on holding out the entire year? I know. Uh, the Green Bay Packers kept three running backs: Aaron Jones, who's suspended, Jamal Williams, and Ty Montgomery, and eight wide receivers. We might be seeing a lot of Aaron Rodgers throwing the football this year. I mean, that, no surprise. The uh, No, yeah, right. That's a good thing. The Saints actually cut Jonathan Williams, which means Boston Scott is likely to be their guy over the first four games. That's a name to watch in fantasy leagues, especially if you need a starter. If you drafted Mark Ingram, you should go pick up Boston Scott right now. Uh, the the Cowboys cut Dan Bailey. Surprise. It was That's a money move, though. Yeah. That's a money move. Is it smart though? If you're if you're Dallas and you want to, like, so the well, Chargers should go get Dan Bailey. The Chargers should get every kicker available. They just, <laughs> they've been having bad luck with kickers the last two three years. I think they're okay. They feel like they're okay because Dan Bailey had a drop off from what he did as far as production in 2016. He had an unbelievable year in 2016. Last year it was a bit of a drop off, but he came down to reality from the standpoint of how well he played and how well he kicked. In 2016. Also, like I said, it's about money. They're saving money because remember, Dan Bradley signed a nice contract for a kicker a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the the Bills traded A.J. McCarron back to the Raiders. We talked about the Raiders extensively and forgot to mention that. Fascinating because the Raiders then cut E.J. Manuel and Connor Cook. Mm-hmm. That means they're only backup to Derek Carr, who's been injury prone in recent years. A.J. McCarron. Who, spoiler, doesn't know the offense. Yeah. yeah what are they, they don't anticipate using A.J. McCarron Week one. That would be a problem. That would be a problem if so. But when you look at what the Raiders had going on in the preseason, Cook and EJ Manuel just sucked. Yeah. They were bad. They stunk. They were bad. So this is the one move where I understand. Yeah. You know, and I kind of understand the Khalil Mack because from the financial standpoint, you couldn't pay him. But this this made all the sense. You actually have a little bit of an upgrade now if Derek Carr gets hurt. You're not yes, sunk in the water. Because remember a few years ago when they lost Derek Carr, oh, the season had to start, was over. They had to start Connor Cook against Brock Osweiler in the playoffs. In the playoffs. And, and they I, missed the year before, right? Yes, yeah. yes. And that was the year when everybody felt like a healthy Derek Carr. They had an opportunity to compete for a championship. They didn't stand a chance. So, of course, when you look at the league now and seeing what happened a year ago with the Philadelphia Eagles, if you don't have a decent backup mm-hmm. quarterback that can weather the storm for you, your season is a wash. You don't need a superstar backup quarterback, nope. but you can't have trash either. I agree. Um, the Bills, though, that means you and I disagree on this. So the Bills now have Josh Allen and Nathan Peterman. I believe that Nathan Peterman should be the sacrificial lamb in weeks <laughs> one through four against the Ravens on the road, Chargers at home, Vikings and Packers on the road. Throw him out there. Let him do whatever he does. Maybe it goes poorly. Maybe you win a game or two. Uh, either way, Josh Allen doesn't get destroyed 
um, doing that. For me, that's the play. You think that it's a disservice to fans and to the team yes. not to have Josh Allen out there. I mean, at the end of the day, you got to protect the bottom line. And if you're telling your fan base who just watched you draft Josh Allen and he played pretty good football in the preseason, you're telling us we're coming to see Nathan Peterman, a guy that threw four picks in a matter of three minutes in his first start against the Chargers, start in front of our franchise, potential franchise quarterback. Mm -hmm. Like I said, on HQ, I don't care if you're playing against the Baltimore Ravens of 2018 or the Baltimore Ravens from the Super Bowl, <laughs> Super Bowl years, that defense that was outstanding. You have to put Josh Allen out because if it'd be one thing if he looked like he wasn't ready, if he looked like a deer in headlights, right? He, he flashed. He flashed. Yeah. He flashed. Now, Nathan Peterman just has what? A year of experience? Yeah. That's he, it. Yeah. It's not a big difference. So for me personally, we know we're going to struggle because we lack stars surrounding him outside of LaShawn McCoy. But allow this kid to come in and compete. I mean, he's a tough-minded kid coming from Wyoming. He's a big kid. He has a big arm. I don't think he gains anything from watching and learning from Nathan Peterman on the sideline. Nathan Peterman is not some long-lasting NFL veteran. That is a no. fair That is a fair. Point. I mean, I don't even trust Nathan Peterman as a backup. <laughs> that's a, that's also a fair point. I th um, the, the uh, Yeah, with the, the Bills, the whole – I mean – my problem is, and you make a good point here, is let's start Nathan Peterman in week one. Does it pass the say it out loud test? Does it? Uh, the, the, the Eagles will be starting Nick Foles in week one. It, it appears, according to uh, Jeff McClain, or Doug Peterson via Jeff McClain, Carson Wentz has not been cleared for contact yet, which means that he will not be starting week one, which means that it will be Nick Foles. Do you think this is the right move? It's the, it's the right move. It's the only move. Nick Foles has struggled in the preseason, but he's healthy. It does not make any sense when your quarterback and Carson Wentz just got cleared over a week and a half ago, has yet to prepare thoroughly with the starters, go through a full week of preparation without any setbacks. You cannot put him out there week one. And oh, by the way, it's a short week. They're playing Thursday. Yep. They're playing Thursday. So me, most importantly, you have to look and learn from other organizations that sacrificed their franchise quarterback. Washington did so with RG3 Yep. when he messed up his knee, decided to put him right back out there. Rushed him back week Rushed one after the playoff And ACL. then he never, never, he never was the same. Because the thing about Carson Wentz is that his legs are a quality two to what he does. Yep. He's a pocket quarterback, but he has sneaky, a, a sneaky mobility, mobility trait that he uses a lot. And I don't think you want to sacrifice that because this one game will not make or break your season, in my opinion. Right. If you lose to the Falcons at home in your defense of the Super Bowl, yeah. it's not the end of the world. Exactly. You can come back from that, but you need to have Carson Wentz healthy for the short haul mm -hmm. and for the long haul. Otherwise, you're doing yourself a serious disservice in terms of um, in terms of what you do. So Antonio Gates just signed yep. with the uh, Los Angeles Chargers. Not a surprise. Uh, <laughs> of course, Hunter Henry went down early in the year, and that's a big loss because I thought Hunter was set up to do some real nice yep. things uh, this season for the Chargers, but you can't get rid of uh, El Antonio. <laughs> they won't let him retire, right? Antonio's one of the nicest dudes in the league. Too. Yeah. He's like yeah. a genuinely good person who has – I mean, has, he's a Hall of Famer. In no my question. opinion, a, an easy uh, first ballot Hall of Famer. All right, I think – that did I miss any news here? I think we covered all I, the news. So far, we? nothing else has came through the line, but I think – yeah, that was the most recent – Headline, Antonio. Antonio Gates, that's right. Yep. Uh, okay. 
Oh, we've missed one more. Jared McKinnon out for the season with an ACL tear. Big loss. Yeah, that's a huge loss. They gave him a ton of money, mm-hmm. and now they're facing a situation the 49ers are. Yep. I mean, he was going to be their starting running back, the feature back in that, in, that, in that Kyle Shanahan system, and now all of a sudden they have to operate with Matt Breida, and Alfred, Alfred Morris, Morris is their two running backs. Yeah, I mean, you have to be disappointed if you're a San Francisco 49ers fan. Uh, I felt like Jerick McKinnon was going to have a nice breakout year. He's a nice featured back, hasn't really had the opportunities, but he catches the ball well out of the backfield, and he's a nice runner, very, very sneaky, slippery runner. And in that offense, I thought Kyle Shanahan had some nice things dialed up for him. The good news is that it happened now. Yep. Right. So now you got time to prepare for your week one matchup uh, against the Minnesota Vikings. You brought in Alfred Morris, who, oh, by the way, had his best years under Kyle Shanahan. Breeder is sneaky good. Uh, now, what will he have in store? Because I think he will get the nod to start over Alfred Morris. Uh, also, too, am I the only one wondering why the San Francisco 49ers were practicing on Saturday? No. The day when you're making cuts. Also, Jarrett McKinnon's been injured all preseason. Yeah. So this I guy's mean, hurt and you got him out there. Like, on Saturday, cut day. if you're practicing on Saturday, that's what you consider to be a bonus day. It doesn't make any sense because you're cutting players and you tell them to practice first and then you cut them. Right. It doesn't make any sense, number one. Number two, your star running back was has been out the majority of the preseason. You have extra days to prepare for Minnesota. Yeah. So first day back out there on the grass. Take your time with him. This should have been more of a walkthrough day anyway. What is your response if, if you're a guy who is about to get cut and you tear your knee up? And then they I cut mean, you. I mean, you. I mean, you actually ha- happy because now you can get some type of injury set up. Oh, that's true. You're like, hey, thanks for the knee injury. I'll see you guys. I later. mean, you, that's that's why I'm confused about San Francisco practicing on Saturday. Most teams don't. You, if you watched any college football last night, there was one injury on Saturday. But no, this this is the thing. Will you watch college football? I watched Notre Dame. Yeah. Guess who I saw on the sideline? Deshaun Kaiser. Yeah, that's right. He currently plays with Seattle. He got traded to Seattle, right? Correct. See, I didn't have any practice. He's wearing right? a Joe Montana jersey out there. Exactly. I watched Louisville Wait, against was he Alabama. Wearing a 49ers jersey when he's the Seahawks quarterbacks now? Yeah. I mean, Joe Montana, though. It doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah, yeah, what a Joe Montana a Notre Dame jersey. Louisville versus Alabama in Orlando. Guess who I saw on the sideline for Louisville? Lamar Jackson. Mm, right? Yeah, that's right. He was in Baltimore didn't have any practice. Mm. Then when you transitioned to, to Alabama, I saw Mega Fitzpatrick, mm. Miami Dolphins. Oh, yeah. Dudes go back like their first weekend all the time. Yes. You go back and yes. watch your team play. So why was San Francisco? Oh, Bradley Chubb was up, up in the booth yes, on the NC State, State JMU thing. You watched all of college football from this past Saturday. No, and former players that had an opportunity to go back to their respectable colleges, they were there. So why is San Francisco? And listeners, trust me, I played in the league. We never had practice on the final cut day, which was Saturday. Mm-hmm. So what was San Francisco doing? I understand you will have a bonus day. Save that bonus day for Sunday. And if so, if you had a star player that was nursing an injury throughout preseason, he don't need to be doing anything full speed right now. And allow that to take place on the Wednesday, which is your full hard day. Not to mention something like a calf injury, a soft tissue injury like that. You're overcompensating for that. Oh, and that's how you end up tearing your ACL. Nah. So... so I love what I love what Kyle Shanahan does as a coach. This is a bad move, and it's going to cost the 49ers an entire season of Jared McKinnon. All right, that's uh, that's it for our Khalil Mack specialty podcast <laughs> at BMAC underscore sports talk. Yes, Look for him on the sidelines at Florida State ah, Vot VT. You excited about being down let's there? Go. Is it down there? Up there. Up there. We're in Fort Lauderdale. Oh. Mm. <laughs>
<laughs> very nice. Get very you some nice. Florida State gear, Will. I, you know, I've actually uh, I've been to um, Toke once, mm-hmm. and it was incredible. Oh, uh, it's gonna be it's, it's gonna be bananas. That I was it was for double overtime when Philip Rivers. Wait, when did you get drafted? I was in that game. You were in that game. Yeah, Phil you guys. Rivers, it was yeah, like, yeah. Oh my God, Philip Rivers had a career day. Yesterday. It was that double overtime mm-hmm. when when you guys took it to overtime. Yep. I looked because I've been sort of trash talking around like in the stands because mm-hmm. it looked like NC State was going to win. And when you guys took it to overtime, I sort of looked around. I was like, Oh no! Yeah, this yeah. is not going to go well for us. And it, it didn't. Really, it didn't. No, it didn't. Uh, unsurprising. All right, that's Brian McFadden. Yes, I'm sir. Will Brinson. Thanks for doing it, man. Always a blast. Yes, sir.